great statement one time, and, and uh, I, I think it was Mac, uh, 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 Maxwell, that's who it was. And John Maxwell, he said, uh, humans make two mistakes. He said, um, they wait for God to change our, our circumstances. We always pray God change our circumstances. And then we wait for the circumstances to change our attitude and change our behavior. And that's not what happens, and that's not the order. I want to take you to a scripture very quickly, Romans 12 and 2. And I'll try to, I know they prepared to, uh, the children's church to stay a little longer today. <laughs> I'm just trying to give those that like to sleep through the morning message a little bit extra time to sleep today. Romans 12 and 2, and this I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We're going to talk about two elements of change. We're going to talk about the way you think and the way you believe. Because I believe that's the two base things that we need to change. Now, if I took a poll this morning... How many knows there's some things in your life you need to change? How many knows you're not perfect? Raise your hand. Now, I know there's two people that won't raise their hand. TJ's one. <laughs> and Jerry has to think about it a little bit. But outside of those two, we've got, we've got flaws. Amen? Man, I'll tell you, I have, and I've had sleep. I don't know why I'm doing this. I, usually when I don't have sleep, I, I get a little wild. And, uh, but uh, there's no pressure. It's in the year. Hey, I won't see you for another year. But God needs to change our thought process. Let's pray. Father, I love you today. God, I'm so thankful for your mercy and your grace, God. Lord, we've made it this far this year by your mercy and grace. And God, all the things that we've been through, all the things you brought us through, God, you brought us to this time for such a time as this. God, this is the appointed time and hour. And God, I, I, I'm, I'm believing, God, and I'm declaring this word's going to be sown on good ground today. God, illuminate our mind. Open our hearts today as you only can, by your Holy Spirit. Give us revelation today. God, I believe you've placed this word in my heart for this day, for this assignment. And Lord, I declare it's going to bring forth fruit in this congregation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Max Dupree said it like this. He said, we cannot become what we need to be by remaining the same as we are. And too often we want to get somewhere in God and, and we get frustrated in this walk with God sometimes. We don't understand why God does things the way he does and we don't understand why we have to go through the things we go through and we wonder what's it going to take to go on with God but, but we want to stay the same. We want to hang on to the same things a lot of times. And so let's just take a little inventory. It's the end of the year. So we, we look back and we watch. I watch all the programs at the end of the year, the, the weather in 2018 and, and on, on, on Facebook and everything, the stars that we lost in 2018 and musicians, people that died in 2018. So we look back, and I read a great statement on Facebook not, not too long ago. It says, if, uh, don't worry over anything for over five minutes that's not going not gonna to be relevant in five years. And I think that's so true. We spend a lot of times being tore up over things that have no eternal value. That in, in a year from now, we won't even think about it, it won't matter. But we got people that argue and fight and people that fall out and fuss over and make big deals about things that really don't matter. And as you get older, 
priorities get a little bit more clear. Because a lot of things we used to think was a big deal 20 years ago, it ain't that big of a deal now. And the things that we would fight over and the things that we would, we would just bow up on and think it had to happen this way and we would stay so tore up. When you get a little age or a little experience, you think it don't matter anymore. That thing don't matter and there's no use getting upset. And we have to counsel a younger generation, hey, it re that really don't matter. I promise you it won't matter. I remember I was going through a terrible ordeal one time and my mom and dad came to visit me and, and I, I was just giving up. It, I was to the end of my rope. It was over. I was done. You know how you get and he sat down and he said, I want to tell you something, Rick. He said, I want you to write down this date, whatever date it was. And he said, write down this date, and a year from now, call me and tell me what does it matter. He said, a year from now, you'll probably laugh about the things that you're tore up about today. Or you'll look back at them and say, well, you know what? That was just a little trial. He said, but you won't, it won't, it, you won't have the same perception of that problem that situation a year from now that you had today. So don't think it's the end of the world because there is tomorrow. And when I read the suicide statistics that tell us that suicide is peaking right now between the ages of 15 and 18, that the, the young generation's given up because they bought into a lie that things are never going to change. There's no hope for tomorrow. The same mess you're in today is going to be the same mess tomorrow. And that's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. Things do change. And you just got to get enough years on you and experience to realize it's going to change. Things change for better or worse, it changes. Whether we like it or not, this world keeps going. Life keeps going. There's new improvements. There's, there's always updates. TV, your program's going to get canceled. I don't care the ones you love. Frustrates me. My store's going to close. The cars that you like, I was reading online the other day about the cars that are going to stop producing because they just don't sell to this generation. And I was like, oh my gosh, the big cars are going to be gone. There's a whole line of Cadillacs they're talking about taking off because all this generation is going to SUVs. Everybody wants a bus. <laughs> now I got to admit, I was thinking, well, you know, the older people, they like the car, but I can tell you, at my age and my back problems, and I got two feet, you want me to tell my testimony? I'll throw that in for free just for Pastor J.W. It's easier to get in and out of an SUV. I'm not going to knock it. That's why I've got one. But so we can look back, take inventory, okay, it's over. It's over and we can't do anything about it. But we can look back sometimes and say, okay, what could I have changed? And our approach and our mindset, we could have changed. Maybe we could have changed some things. So if we look ahead, I, I, I want to challenge you to, to look forward and say, okay, let's measure everything in the light of eternity. Because eternity is real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. We're not going to live in this world forever. I lost my father in February. Many of you know that. And it really, I think it affected me more than I thought it would. Kind of knew it was coming over the last few months, but it really caused you to reprioritize when you lose your last parent because you understand that's the end of that generation. And that's, that's final. You know, I kind of thought as long as dad was there and the house was there, that, that, you know, mom was still alive. You know, mom was still there and her stuff was still there, pictures on the wall. Then when we had to go in and do away with the house and we've sold the house, now there's no place to go home to in Christmas. There's no place to go home to. 
And so it changes your perspective on some things. And so then I got to thinking about, and really for the first time in my life, I want to be very transparent today, I got to thinking about death. I've never really thought about it much in my life. I've been around it, being a minister. I've been in the room where they've unhooked the machines so many times, and I've watched people die. I've preached a lot of funerals and been with a lot of grieving people, but I never really thought about it personally to me. And I remember sitting there with my father during his last breaths and, 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 the, and the weeks and the months after that. I, I, it really started hitting me. For the first time in my life, I really realized that I've got more years behind me than in front of me. And I noticed that I started reading the obituaries a whole lot more closely. Trying to get the average. And of all times, wouldn't it be my generation that the life expectancy drops? <laughs> it's been tracking up for 20 years. Now my generation, we're going to die. It's always me. I don't know what it is. But I got to thinking, okay, I'm 55. 75 be a good number. Man, 20 years ain't nothing. Now, when you're young, 20 years is a lifetime, but when you're a little bit older, then you start thinking about the realities that we deal with, that I'm not going to live forever. I take health for granted, that I can get up. Yeah, my back aches, and now, you know, we got, but we can get up, we can go. You got to come to church this morning. You can walk, still walk down the stairs. You may not walk as good as you used to, but you can still walk and get around. You may not remember as good as you used to, but you're still in your right mind. And I've caught myself praying a lot more in the mornings, thanking God for today. Because we blow through life and take, take for granted our days. You know, the Bible tells us this. The Bible tells us to number our days. And we count our life in years. But he talks about days. So when we look at the inventory and look at our lives, and knowing that we need to change some things, because I got to think about it, I probably need to change some things. I probably need to cut back from two dozen donuts a week to one. You know, it's got to start somewhere. I'm moving too much. I'm sorry, guys. You're going to have to get a handheld for me. Well, first of all, this, this, this stupid thing right here ain't in the center, and that's bothering me. <laughs> you know me. Those of you who know me. I don't know how y'all worship in this place, but other than that, maybe in that new sanctuary. I'm believing God for great things in that new sanctuary. But I want to talk about change real quick because it all starts with our mind. You got to change your mind. You got to change your mind about things. That's where change starts. You got to make up your mind. You can't make people live right. You can't make people eat right. You can guilt them. You can threaten them. You can call them names, but they're not going to do it until they make it up in their mind. Thought determines your destiny. It's how you think. The Bible proves it. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, a wise man once said, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, that's who he is. It's not what people tell you you are. It's not what your circumstances say you are. It's what you think about yourself. But we allow influences to determine who we are. Too, too many times, we allow people to tell us who we are instead of God or the Word of God. You have to change your mind. If you're going to ever change to be more than what God has for you now, and he has more later, if you're ever going to be more in God, you've got to change your mind. What, what, what do you focus on? 
What's on your mind all the time? What do you daydream about? Our text today, it said, be conformed, not be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. That word transformed literally means changed in the Greek. Be changed. Well, he said, how do I? He said, allow God to change you by changing your mind, changing the way you think. It's a process. You've got to change the way you view things. You get around negative people, you're going to be negative all the time. I, I hate those people. And the older I get, the more I hate them. Yeah, you can hate and still go to heaven. God says he hates those who call strife, but that's another message. So if God can hate, I can hate. I can hate them in the love of the Lord, but that's another message. That's an old tradition. But he's got, you got to change your mind. You got to change the way you think. And that's hard to do when you get in a habit of, of thinking on things a certain way. And you know how it is. If you see a certain thing and you're conditioned already, you're going to immediately view it the way you've always viewed it. If somebody tells you about somebody before you meet them, oh, you don't want to be around them. You got to watch that guy. And when all of a sudden they walk in the room, immediately your thought process is, i got to watch this guy. We have an opinion before we even really know. You know, there's people in this community have an opinion about this church before they've never been here. I used to get amused at that pastoring. I was in a restaurant one day years ago, and somebody was talking about the church in the next booth that I was pastoring. That's always comical. They even talked about the pastor of the church, and I was really intrigued. And they were saying some things about our church, and I thought, well, that never happened at our church. But people have preconceptions and they, in their mind. A lot of times we're just messed up in our minds. Amen? Sometimes we just, we just got bad thinking. We don't think right. We mess up, don't we? We let the enemy. They said this was Brandon's mic. I hope I don't mess it up. But thoughts determine our destiny, but it also influences our choices. It's how we think. You know, the Bible says, choose this day who you will serve. It's your thought. What you're thinking is what you're going to choose. I heard a preacher years ago say, you know, every day that you live, your day is filled with choices. All day long, you make choices. You can make good choices and you make bad choices. You choose what you eat. You choose your attitude. You choose if you're going to love people. You choose how you're going to interact you choose whether you're going to follow God, whether you're going to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, you're going to be led by God. You choose whether you're going to pick up that Bible and read it. You choose whether you're going to pray or not. It's your choice. You can't blame life on everybody else. It's a choice. Life is a choice. William Jennings Bryant says, destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. So the question is, are we making the right choices? What's our thought process? What are we thinking on? Have we allowed God to renew our minds. Well, how do you do that? Well, you got to spend time with him. Can I tell you, as a former pastor, you need to be in church. You need to be at life groups. If it wasn't such a big deal, things wouldn't come up all the time. You need to be around God's people. You need to build your faith. You need to fellowship with Christians. You need to be around where the word is being taught. You need to be around where people are building one another up and loving one another because you're going to get torn out enough out in the world. You need positive reinforcement in your life. You need people that's going to love you unconditionally. Because all this world will give you is conditional love. They'll love you as long as you do something for them. 
And when you can't do anything for them anymore, they don't love you anymore. Or they love you as long as you agree with them. And when you start disagreeing with them, then they don't love you anymore. So we've got to get to the place, if we're going to see change in our lives, and I'm telling you, we all need to change. We need to get closer to God. There's some things in our life we do need to do better in. God, help our faith. Help our understanding. Help my attitude sometimes. Lord, I want to love like you love. I don't always do that. I have preconceptions too. I'm preconditioned too. We're a product of our culture. God, I need to change that. I want to see humanity like you see humanity. See, when you get to see in through the eyes of God, money won't be an object for you. Sacrifice of time won't be an object. You know, the hardest thing to do, and, and J.W. and I, we talk about it, about vision and seeing something that's not there. And you walk into that building over there on Pollard Avenue, and, it's, and when we first walked in, it's hard to see everything. What do you see? I see a ceiling that's leaking. I see, I see mold on some walls. I see plaster popping loose. I see carpet that's dirty. I see wood that's wore out. And if you look at all the natural, and if that's your thought process, you think, we're wasting our time here. But the challenge is, is what, what can you see in faith? What's going to be there? Can you see your family sitting with you in church that's not here today? Look where you're at today, 2019. What is it, December what, 29th? 30th? See, I don't even know what day it is. That's what happens. I was pastor and I knew the dates. Would you ever believe you'd have been here? Think back 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It wouldn't, probably wasn't on your radar. Maybe six months ago. What God's doing in your life, you would have never dreamed it. But here we are. So if we got this far, and it doesn't matter how long it took you to get this far, but God's got more. There's a place he's wanting to take you. So you gotta, you got to change with your thoughts and let God change your mind about things because there's more in God than you ever dreamed. You can do more in God than you ever believed. And that's the second part. You got to think change, but you got to believe change because sometimes there's a disconnect. You can have it made up in your mind, but your heart's not in it. You ever had to do something when your heart's not in it? I have. It's called pastoring. I pastored some hateful people years ago. Not this church. I pastored some various churches. I don't want to single out one. Now, see, I got three people smiling at me because you think I know who I'm talking about. No. Not always them. <laughs> but you got to believe. And that's your heart. Sometimes we got the mindset, and okay, we've been reading the Word, and we've been going to life groups, and we're listening to Pastor J.W., and we've got, we've got, a, we've got a grasp of what God wants. And, but if your heart's not in it, you'll get frustrated. If your heart's not in it, you won't follow through. If your heart's not in it, you'll find fault, and you'll get critical. But you got to believe with your heart. You got to believe I can change. I can do what God's called me to do. We can do that. We can walk in that building in a year and it'd be paid for. But you got to believe that. Amen. Boy, we got quiet there. I'll tell you right now, the money's sitting in this building. 
And I can say that because I'm not your pastor, but I know it's here. You can write the check and pay it off. It's in here. I just believe God, God, if the Lord tarries, that he lets me come back next year. That we'll be debt free and we'll be remodeling again. I know you want another building project. I got to hurry. The Bible tells us nothing's impossible with God. Do you believe that? We say it. We sing it. They got great choruses and great songs and all about faith. We know it can move mountains and all the things, but do you believe it? We sing it. We say it. We rehearse it. We memorize it, but do you believe it? Do you believe God can really change your circumstance? I'm going to hate this thing before it's over. That's why I remembered I hated these things before. Everything is possible. The Bible says all things are possible to those who believe. Do you believe? See, that's the linchpin. You got to believe. It's got to come from here once you got your made up mind, but you got to believe it. With your whole heart's what the Bible says. It's got to be all or nothing. Either you believe the word of God and it applies to you. Either you believe God's got a plan for your life or you don't. If you believe he's real or he's not. He's not just real sometimes and it just don't work sometimes. It's all or nothing. Do you believe? Do you believe God's got a better plan for your life, for your family? Do you believe God's got a better job for you? Do you believe God's got a better relationship? If, you, if you're, you're in a bad relationship, can you believe God can fix it? See, we got a generation playing musical partners and musical jobs. Nobody commits anything because they don't believe anything can change. But the very basis of our faith is, is we believe. Catherine Kuhlman said it like, she said, I believe in miracles because I believe in God. And if you believe in God today, you believe in miracles. We know his birth was miraculous. We just celebrated it. Do we believe he was born of the virgin? Do you believe it? In a, in a society that the statistics are telling us there's a big group out there that doesn't believe it anymore. They just have a hard time believing. Well, the disciples did too, but don't bail out on God because we can pray, God, help my unbelief sometimes. I doubt sometimes. But you gotta believe. You gotta believe that all things are possible. And I know I've been in the middle of it and I've been where I prayed and it didn't happen. I think that messes with us more than anything else. You have prayed, you fasted, you cried out to God, and it didn't happen. And I preached a lot about that the last few months because as I've been through the years, yeah, I've had a lot of prayers that didn't get answered. I've had some things that didn't go the way I thought it ought to go. And if you focus on that, it'll just mess you up and defeat you, and you'll just leave everything. But the scripture that God keeps taking me back to is in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 where it says his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. In other words, I don't think like God. I don't process like God. I'm glad I'm not God. I'm glad you're not God. And I don't think like God. I'm trying to. So he sees things from a totally different perspective. We are what we believe. We are what we think and we are what we believe. 
Either we can do all things through Christ that gives us strength or we can't do anything. And God may have a bigger plan that we see. We don't see the whole picture. But you got to believe. I'm coming to a close. I quote Henry Ford a lot. He said, if you think you can or you can't, you're right. You're right. If you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, don't waste time because you can. I worked with an old man for several years in home construction. He said, can't never did nothing. And that's the truth. It's never done anything. The Bible tells us it's according to our faith. We try to pray things on people. We try to speak things on people a lot of times in the church. But they got to believe. We want to sow faith into them. We want to sow the word into them, but they got to believe. Come on to the music. Smith Wigglesworth, a great general of the faith, he said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by what I believe. I believe God is eternal. I believe God has all power. I believe there's nothing God can't do. I don't believe there's anything too hard for God. Do you believe? Do you believe that? God loves me. Do you believe it? God loves me. Man, let that one settle in on you. That God really loves you. Whether life's been unfair or not, God loves you. Whether you've been perfect or not, God loves you. We look so often and we let the devil convince us how unworthy we are, but God loves me. He sent his only begotten son to die for me. And too often we, we use phrases that he came for the church or he came for the world. Yeah, but that, you're the world. You're it. He came for you. And all he asks out of you, you know, the Bible says those that are saved is those that believe on him. There's a lot of people that know about him. But you're not saved until you believe on him. That's the difference. It's head knowledge and heart knowledge. You can go to school for years and learn about something but never experience it. And if you just learned about something and you never had the experience, people can talk you out of it. They can, they can debate better than I can. They may be able to convince me of something else. We look at things right now and say, people, how can people believe that? We'll watch the news. Well, how can anybody get caught up in that? It's easy. Because it's our human nature. But you take somebody that's got an experience, that's got a heart knowledge. Once I've experienced it and I know it's real, you, you ain't going to talk me out of it. If I've committed to it, and I believe what God's wanting for us going into the new year, it's the same thing he wants every year. He wants all of me. He wants my mind, but he wants my heart. All he wants me to do is believe and let him do the rest. Let me commit my ways to him and just believe. God will take care of me. God will meet my need. God will fight for me. God will provide for me. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe. 
who is it? Is it Macy's uh, department store? Didn't they have in the in the Christmas parade? Their their theme is believe at Christmas, isn't it? They have the big letters believe. Man, maybe we need to put that over. The, we don't need the name church. We need to believe. People call themselves Christians. A lot of people call themselves Christians, but I don't believe they're believers because believers act differently. You got to believe in people. You got to believe in things. And it's not just a slogan for Nike. It's our faith. That's our walk. I believe. When I get a bad doctor's report, I still believe. Whether he heals my family or not, I still believe. Whether he gets me through the circumstance the way I thought it ought to happen, I still believe. Whether he rescues me out of this trouble or not, I still believe. Don't you bow your heads. And I want you to just think, just for a moment, just you and God right now. What do you need to change? Or what do you want to change? There's some of you, you need to change some things in your life. There's some that you've got desires that you want to change. You want to change for the better, whether it's health, whether it's relationships. You want to change your walk with God. You know, you need to get closer to God. You need to get your priorities right in your life. You know, you need to fix that relationship with God. Maybe a person, you need to fix a relationship. You need to commit more wholeheartedly to God and the plan of God for your life. So, you've got to make a conscious decision of what you need to do and what you want to do. get faith involved that you can believe beyond a shadow of a doubt it can happen I can do it because I want to tell you today I believe in you I want to tell you God believes in you more than you believe in yourself God believes in you He knows your talents and ability He formed and fashioned you He knows all about you. He knows your quirks. He knows your shortcomings. But he still believes in you. You know how I know? Because he sent Jesus for you. Now if that word that declares he can do exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or imagine, I know he believes in me. He believes in me. I want that to sink in today at the end of this year. And all he asks you to do is join him and believe. You got to believe in yourself and God. I believe that this church is destined for great things. I don't have a doubt in my mind.
seen it yet. I believe there's things coming that's going to blow your mind. I believe it. I believe that everything that took place over the last 12, 14 years, God was forming it. God's work in His plan. Though I may not have liked it sometimes, and the devil tried every way in the world to defeat it and cut it off, and I've just come to tell my church family at Gateway, I believe. I believe in my pastor today. I believe in the man of God he's put over my congregation here. His congregation. I believe in him. I have no reservation, no doubt. I have no, I have no reservation over the men of God and the women of God that God has put in leadership in this church. God is orchestrating this whole thing. I believe. I believe we're going to reach the city and God's going to give us the heart of Ashley, Kentucky just the way he spoke it to us 12 years ago. I believe. I believe men and women are going to get saved and their life's going to be changed and people are going to get delivered and set free by the power of God. Children are going to get reconciled back to their parents and marriages coming back together and people being healed supernaturally. I believe. I believe it. Ministries that will come out of this church that'll go outside these walls and go outside the walls of Pollard Avenue campus. I believe Pollard Avenue may just be in the beginning, maybe other campuses. I don't know. There's no limit on God. I just believe. I believe God can do bigger than what I can think and I can imagine. You know, we allow the devil to use imagination against us, but can I tell you the imagination was given as a weapon for us. It's for our faith. Because he said he can do greater than you can ever imagine. And we've allowed the enemy to use imagination against us for the bad. And we sit around imagining what could go wrong or why this wouldn't work or we're not going to have enough money for that or this isn't going to happen. And I'm telling you, God, give us an imagination to dream. That God's going to do great things in your life. I believe in you. I believe we're destined for greatness. But we got to think right. We've got to allow God to change our minds. We've got to think a new way. There's more than we see. Hallelujah. There's more that we can dream. Don't settle. Because God is a supernatural God. You have to believe. what God has begun in you he will surely bring it to pass I believe it what he spoke to your heart God will bring it to pass I believe it would you pray with me Father you see where we're at today you see our hearts you see us in all of our weaknesses and our frailties Lord but yet you still called us you still call us sons and daughters. God, there's destiny in this house. I believe. I 
I believe there's a greater level. There's a greater harvest, I believe, Lord. God, there's folks in here, they, they need to believe for a miracle in their lives. They need to believe for healings. They need to believe, they got family situations and family problems and family members that need miracles, God. So God, we're going to stand in agreement just in a moment, Father. And our faith is going to rise together. We're going to believe for miracles. Because God, there is still wonder-working power in your name. We sung about your name today, God. There's no other name like that name. In the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me today? Pastor, I want you to come down here with me. Because we're going to agree together. I love my pastor. I call him and I talk to him. He straightens me out. It's so fun being on this side now. I believe I have confidence in him. This thing ain't going to work. I pulled it. I have confidence in him. Yeah, give me that. I believe. I believe in J.W. Dunbar. I believe in Christy Dunbar. I believe they're godly folks. They love God. They're trying the best they can. That's all a pastor ever does. He ain't perfect. She's not perfect. We get in situations building, you know, pastor's got to be a lawyer and a doctor and a financier and going through this building process. There's a lot of pressure accounting for all the money, trying to get everything done. And, and you, how many has ever done anything at their house and there's always surprises? But I believe God has brought you alongside with him. Now I'm just with him from a distance. He tells me he still loves me as long as I send my checks, and I do. But we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask just a few questions and we're going to pray and I'm done. I'll turn it back over to Pastor. How many needs a miracle in your life? Now, you know what a miracle is? It's when you can't do it. You got a family member needs a miracle. But you can't, you can't fix it yourself. Now, I need a miracle. I'll be honest with you. There's a couple things in my life. I need, I need God to do it because I can't do it. I need a miracle. Anybody else need a miracle? Raise your hand up real quick. Hold it up. Hold it up. The good news is you're in the right place. There's a man, his name is Jesus, and he's a miracle worker. He walked on water. He calls the blind to see. Do you know him? He healed the sick, raised the dead. Jesus. He's a wonder worker. He's going to do that in our lives. He's going to do that in our church, Gateway Church. He ain't going to read it. Gateway Church. Let's get them thinking a little bit. Do you believe? All we need is a little faith in here today. Would you do that? Would you just, would you humor me just for a moment? Would you say, I believe? I believe. I believe. We're going to pray together. God, this is a place of miracles. You're a God of miracles. And God, I declare the miraculous power of God 
to abide in this place. Lord, wherever this church goes, wherever the locations, Lord, wherever we end up in the future until you come. Lord, we're, we're just hanging on in faith for the ride. And we believe. God, there's a greater blessing coming. There's a greater level coming. There's a greater level of anointing. And God, help our faith. Help our unbelief. God, I pray that we would allow you to change our minds. And we would think like we're supposed to think. And we're supposed to believe, Lord. I believe today, God, that healing is going to take place. Lost children, family members are coming in. I believe. People are going to get delivered and set free from drugs and alcohol. I believe. I believe in you for the supernatural, God. And I thank you for it right now. I declare it to be done in Jesus' name. Amen.